25, 1 Samuel chapter number 25, and uh, I'll, I'll read about four verses to begin with, and then we'll, uh, we'll read some more as time goes on tonight, but we're in 1 Samuel chapter number 25, and uh, I, I saw this sometime back, uh, marked it in my Bible, uh, wrote some notes down about it, revisited it. God gave me some more thoughts. Uh, during our youth meeting at Lighthouse a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, I, I, I preached it a little bit, um, but tonight I want to, I want to go to this uh, text this evening, and I want to look at one character uh, in the Word of God tonight. And there's several in uh, 1 Samuel 25, but I want to look at a man named Nabal. And uh, I want to preach tonight with the Lord's help on this thought, Nasty Nabal, Nasty Nabal. Uh, that may not make sense tonight, uh, right now, if you don't know anything about him. Uh, in a minute, we're going to read about Nabal, and I'm going to give you some, straight from the Word of God, some characteristics of Nabal. Uh, I think you'll agree with me when we get done, Nabal is nasty. He's got a nasty attitude, a nasty personality, uh, a nasty demeanor, uh, and that's not just one person's opinion, but it is the opinion of everybody in the text. Uh, sometimes Christians have a nasty attitude. Sometimes Christians uh, have a nasty demeanor. Can I get a witness right there? But we ought, to, we ought not ever be known by that. That ought not be the label given us by the people who know us. Uh, we, we, we ought not be known that way. We, uh, if you're sitting here tonight and you say, Preacher, sometimes I'm like Nabal. Well, that could be said of all of us if we're honest. Most people don't want to be honest. But if we're honest tonight, that could be said of all of us. Sometimes I'm like Nabal. Uh, however, that ought not ever be said of us all the time. That ought, ought, that ought to not be what we are known for uh, of being an unkind, unpleasant person like Nabal. I, I want to read a little bit about him. Let's stand tonight. 1 Samuel chapter number 25. I want to acquaint you uh, with nasty Nabal. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, sometime in the future, we'll go back and look at his wife and we'll uh, alliterate her name. She's, uh, I guess you could, uh, if I could come up with a, a word that begins with A for lovely or beautiful or joyful, uh, Abigail. Uh, she is, she is uh, lovely in her nature. She is joyful in her spirit. Shouldn't that be the testimony of me and you where we work Shouldn't that be the testimony of me and you with the people that we go to church with? And especially the people who live in our house, who see us on our best and on our worst, they, they, they're probably going to say, Daddy gets annoyed sometimes. Mom gets aggravated sometimes. But they should never say, Dad's always mad. Mom's always aggravated. They're always nasty. Help me right there. Uh, sometimes it could be said of our children, they get, uh, they, they, they complain, they get aggravated. 
but it should never be said that they are Christians and they're intolerable to be around. Uh, if so, either, either we are not really Christians or we're not living like one in the present moment. God help us tonight. All right, let, let's look tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 25 and verse number 1. And Samuel died, and all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran, and there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel, and the man was very great. And he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now, the name of the man was Nabal. By the way, his name means a fool. Literally, his name means a fool. There was a man by the name... Or the, uh, 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 now the name of the man was Nabal and the name of his wife Abigail and she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance but the man was churlish and evil in his doings and he was of the house of Caleb can, can, I, can I insert this right here tonight and you take it however you want to take it and you take it for what it's worth this evening how did a man who is described as being wicked and evil. They called him a son of Belial. That means a son of wickedness. We'll read more of it in a minute. Uh, how did he get married to a woman that was a beautiful, a beautiful countenance, had the joy of the Lord, was, was kind, uh, good understanding, an outstanding woman? How did they get together? Uh, here's the only thing that I can figure out. Uh, they lived in the day where, where, where parents chose uh, who they were going to marry. Uh, and mom and dad chose this man for Abigail. And mom and dad chose this woman for Nabal. Uh, and and, and uh, maybe Nabal's parents said, well, we need somebody to help her or help him. Uh, maybe Abigail's parents saw some money and said, well, we know he's kind of rude, but he's got money. Uh, here's, the, here's the advice I want to give you. Let God be God. Give leadership, give direction, give advice, but don't hook anybody up because they got a good job and money. Because they might be churlish, they might be rude, they might be wicked, uh, and that money won't take you very far in this life. That's just my piece of advice tonight. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for the word of God. Thank you tonight, God, for giving it to us. I pray now, Lord, you'd help me as I preach for just a little while. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I, I want to look tonight at, at, at nasty Nabal. And here's the way I want to preach this this evening. Uh, if any of these characteristics are in your life or my life, recognize it, repent of it, get it right with God, uh, and when it comes back in your life, recognize it, repent of it, and get it right with God. That, that, that is called being a Christian and putting to practice what, what God has said to you in his word. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it funny how we all uh, excuse away uh, our arrogancy? We all excuse away our bad habits 
and our bad nature and say, well, that's just who I am. Well, here's the thing. God came to save you and change you from being who you are. I'm supposed to be different now that I'm saved. And God is working to change me. And, and it is a poor excuse to lean back on who I am, who I've always been, because therefore if any man be in Christ, he really is, according to the word of God, a new creature, and he has the ability to live for God now. Uh, so let's not make the excuse, well, that's just who I am, or that's, that's how I always have been. Let God change you. And I want to say it to you again. Recognize these characteristics if they're in your life. And, and sometimes you might want to ask somebody, am I this way? <laughs> uh, and, and ask somebody who will be honest with you. Am I like this? Uh, don't ask somebody scared of you. Ask somebody who will be honest with you. Am I really like this? And then take what they say and go home and pray about it and get it right with God. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Let, let, me, let me give you uh, about six characteristics uh, about Nabal. But, but Lord, let me say this first of all tonight. Uh, if anybody uh, had, and I didn't read much of his character just yet, we will, but if anybody had uh, a reason to have things going on, uh, a reason for you to say, you know, Nabal's got it all together, he's, uh, he, he's really doing good, uh, it, would be, it would be this man, Nabal. Uh, first of all, he's a rich man. Uh, he's a rich man. He, he, he's not stressed out about money. Uh, he's got plenty of it. He's got cattle. He's got goats. He's got sheep. He's got land. He's got servants. He is a rich man. And if you think tonight that if you get a little bit of money, it's going to change your marriage or it's going to change your life, and you'd finally be happy. Money don't buy happiness. Money don't make happiness. That is something that comes from the joy of the Lord, and you can have all the money that this world has and be poor in spirit and poor in character. Nabal has money, and yet he's poor in character. But the Bible describes him as a wealthy rich man. Uh, not only is he rich, uh, but he is also uh, uh, religious. Uh, the Bible tells us, we read it in verse number three, and he was of the house of Caleb. Now you remember when Israel came into Canaan and Joshua or Moses sent Joshua and Caleb, the 12 spies to go in and spy out the land of Canaan and all of them spies came back and said we can't take it the giants are too big except for Joshua and Caleb and they said we can take the land with the help of God and Caleb was a man of, of devout faith he was a man uh, 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 of, of, of belief in God and the Bible said that Nabal was of the house of Caleb uh, he's religious uh, he, he, he believes in God uh, he believes there is a God. He believes uh, probably uh, in the God of his forefathers. He's probably got a pew with his name on it down at the tabernacle. 
Uh, he's, he, he, he's got a parking spot where he parks his camel when he shows up with his name on it because he donated the right east wing to the, to the, to the uh, uh, Jewish tavern. Is anybody hearing me right there? Uh, uh, he may be on the deacon board and serve periodically uh, as time fits. Probably don't come back on Sunday night or Wednesday night, but he's a deacon that serves on Sunday morning. Are you hearing me? I mean, he's religious. He's, 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 he's upstanding, Nabal. Uh, everybody uh, wants to be like Nabal. Uh, he's from the house of Caleb. Uh, they said, man, boy, I wish I, I was as devout as Nabal is. He's really got it going on, and he's got all of this land and all of these belongings, all of these possessions. He's a wealthy man. Uh, Nabal has no reason at all to be a arrogant, to be a smart aleck, to be a man of poor character, yet he is. I'll tell you something else that stood out as I read the text. Not only uh, is uh, he rich and not only is he religious, but it was his relationship to Abigail that, that no doubt would cause people to say, you know, Nabal really, because when the Bible describes Abigail, she's of a beautiful countenance. She has discernment, wisdom, understanding. Uh, she's easy to get along with. Uh, she accents him everywhere they go. And, and no doubt folks have said, man, he's the luckiest man that, that I know. He's got a, he's, he's, he comes from a good family. He's wealthy. And look at his wife. She's beautiful. She's kind. Uh, she compliments him well. And Nabal has got it going on. But then we meet the man. We meet him in 1 Samuel 25 and what we find out about him in the first few verses and we think, well, he's got money, he's got religion, he's got a relationship with a, a beautiful woman who's kind and godly and joyful. Certainly, this is the man that you want to be. And then the Bible starts talking about him. David starts talking about him. Uh, Nabal's servants start talking about him. Abigail, his very own wife, starts talking about him. And as people begin to talk about Nabal, we begin to realize that he's not exactly who you think that he ought to be. He's not exactly kind. He's not exactly good. He's not, as a matter of fact, he is the opposite of everything that you would expect of him to be. Uh, the Bible gives us about six characteristics of him. I want you to look at them tonight. Verse number three. Now the name of the man was Nabal, which again means a fool. And the name of his wife, Abigail, and she was a woman of good understanding and of beautiful countenance, but the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. One of the first descriptions the Holy Ghost gives us of Nabal, nasty Nabal. Here's what the Bible said. Nabal was churlish. And I looked up that word churlish and you're never going to believe what it means. It means Nabal was rude. You ever known somebody that was just rude? I mean, not, not that Nabal had the ability to be rude. Not that Nabal, I, I mean, how many of you tonight have ever been rude? Let's be honest. How many, anybody ever know? I mean, some of y'all are so good and holy. That should be all of us. I've been rude. I've been rude to my wife. I've been rude to my children. I've probably been rude to you, if the truth be told. I've been rude to people I know. I've been rude to people I don't know. Just the other day, I was, uh, uh, I was uh, headed down the road somewhere and I saw a, uh, I saw a life jacket 
Uh, yesterday, I saw a life jacket in the median, uh, uh, the middle lane. And uh, I thought, well, I'm not just going to let that go to waste. You know, that blew off somebody's vehicle, and, and I'm going to go get that. And uh, I turned around, and, and, and I had to go down the road a little bit and pull into a subdivision and, and turned around. And when I pulled out, uh, obviously, uh, I, I mean, I just pulled into a subdivision, and I, and, I, and I went, and I turned around in a little spot there, and there was a car coming, I mean, 200 feet away, you know, and they're coming to a stop sign, which most people assume you're slowing down as you come to a stop sign. So I just, you know, whipped out there and pulled around, and uh, they, they just laid on the horn. I thought, you big dummy, lay on the horn. I don't know what in the world's wrong with you. I slowed down. It took us 15 minutes to get to that stop. It wasn't that long, but it was as long as I could make it to get to that stop sign. And, and when, I, when, I, when, I, when I, I was in the right lane, I was about to turn right, and they were in the left lane. They was about to turn left uh, at, the, at the red light, and, and I eased up there, and finally they jerked around there and pulled up beside me, and I looked at them, and I stuck my thumb up at them. And, and they, 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 they grimaced at me, and I smiled. Uh, 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 I guess you could call that rude. I, uh, not them, me. I mean, they were rude, no doubt. But I, I got some rudeness in me. And you've got some rudeness in you. Uh, you. Young people have got rudeness in you. Mamas and daddies, you've got it in you. You have the ability to be rude when provoked and sometimes when unprovoked. But it is a description of who he is. The Bible said that Nabal was a churlish man. The Bible said he was a rude man. Now, there's a big difference in having the ability to be rude and sometimes being rude and being known for being rude. Nabal was a churlish man. I'm not going to belabor it because i got six points and I want to be done in a minute. Uh, I'm not going to belabor any of these, but I just want to ask you a question tonight. At your house, the people who live with you, the people who know you, where you work, is that a description of you? You say, preacher, I'm rude a lot. Then here's what you ought to do. Go, come tonight, get on the altar, tell God, I'm sorry, I want to make it right with you, and then go and put into practice uh, doing it the right way and making or allowing God to change you from being a rude individual to a joyful individual in the Lord. And I guess we could get into there's a reason why Nabal's rude. And it's got something to do with his relationship to God. Are you hearing me tonight? Anytime anybody ever gets sideways, sideways with God, you know, you, know who it, uh, you know who it affects everybody around them. You get sideways with God and you'll lash out to everybody around you. He's rude. He's churlish is what the Bible said. Now, I want you to look at the next one tonight. I want you to get all these. I'm going to give them to you quickly. Are y'all still with me this evening? Here's what happens. Nabal has been out in the field. He's been shearing his sheep. He's come back home. And, and the Bible said that Samuel has died. And during this time, David is on the run from Saul. David is running from Saul. David has been anointed by Samuel to be king, but he's not yet become king. You know the story. Saul's still on the throne. Saul's trying to kill David, and David is hiding out in caves and hiding out with his ragtag group of men, and they're running from Saul, trying to stay alive, trying not to kill Saul, uh, and trying not to let Saul kill them. 
and they run into some of Nabal's servants. He's got enough money to have servants. He's paid for them and, 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 and either pays them money or they're bound to him one way or the other, but they are servants to Nabal and, 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 and they, they're out in the field and David runs into them, David and his men, and while they're there, they, they, they help take care of Nabal's sheep. Uh, they, they don't take anything that don't belong to them. You can read all this in 1 Samuel 25. They don't take anything that don't belong to them. They, they care for the sheep. They put up a wall. One of the servants says about David and his men, they put up a wall uh, to keep the sheep guarded uh, and to keep everything taken care of. And now they are in desperate need, David and his men. And David says to about 10 of his men, he said, I want you to go back to Nabal. We've been so kind to him and his men and ask him if he can do anything to help us in our situation. And so these 10 men come back to Nabal and here's the, here's the words David said, here's what I want you to tell him. Notice in verse number 6, verse 5, David sent out 10 young men and David said to the young men, go you up to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. Verse 6, and thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity, peace be both to thee and peace to thine house and peace be unto all that thou hast. David said, I want to I I bless you. I want to talk highly of you. You're a wealthy man. You're, you, I, peace be unto thou and thou house and all that thou hast. Peace be unto you. David is speaking kindly to him. David is speaking reasonably to him. David is speaking pleasantly to Nabal through the voice of his ten servants that go. Now look, verse 7. And I, now I have heard that thou hast shearers. Now thy shepherds which were with us, we hurt them not, neither was there aught missing unto them all the while they were in Carmel. Ask the young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand unto thy servants and to thy son David. Now here's the, the second characteristic of Nabal. He is not only churlish or rude, but is unpleasable. I don't even know if that's a good word, but it's the only word I could come up with tonight to uh, uh, the only word I could come up with tonight to uh, describe him. He was unpleasable. Here David comes, and David, David says to his ten servants, "Now we need Nabal's help." And we want to be kind to Nabal. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to wish him well and speak respectfully to Nabal. Don't don't go in there and act like he owes you anything. Don't go in there and act like you deserve anything. Speak respectfully. Uh, Speak honorably to Nabal. I mean, lift him up. Talk about how good he is. Talk about how much he's got. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Talk about how great of a man he is. And an amazing thing, that did not work with Nabal. It don't matter what you say about him. It's not going to change him. Not only did David wish him well and speak respectfully, but David cared for his servants and his animals. It didn't matter how David talked to Nabal, and it didn't matter all that David did for Nabal. You couldn't please him. Some folks, you can be just as nice as you want to be to them, and they're not going to return the favor. That was Nabal. 
Some folks, you can, you can say, man, I don't know what in the world. Has, 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 I don't know, do they hate me? I don't know if they don't like me. I don't know what, what's going on. And you can go out of your way to speak kindly. You can go out of your way to be friendly. Is anybody here in the preacher tonight? You can go out of your way to, to, to lift them up, to encourage them, to say nice things about them. And you leave scratching your head saying, it don't matter what I said, I could not please them. And then David cared for the man's sheep, cared for the man's servants, took care of all that he had for that time when he was in the wilderness. And some people, it don't matter what you do, hear me now, it is never enough to please them. They're just unpleasable. Don't matter what you say, it don't matter what you do, you can't please them. May it never be said of me or you by anybody in this world that it don't matter what you do, you can't please him. It don't matter what you do, you can't please her. God, help us tonight to not have that kind of nasty characteristic like Nabal. Is anybody hearing me? Look, look, look on with me. Verse number eight. Ask thy young men and they will show thee. Wherefore let the young men find favor in thine eyes for we come in a good day. Give I pray thee whatsoever cometh to thine hand unto thy servants and to thy son, David. Now David isn't no more his servant and David isn't no more his son than me or you. But David said, I will humble myself in your presence. And I'll take the low seat, I'll take the low place, I'll take the bottom end, I'll take the low name, I'll label myself as a servant, I'll label myself as a son, and it did not matter to Nabal. Some people, it don't matter what you say, they're unpleasable. Some people, it don't matter what you do, they're unpleasable. Some people, it don't matter how low you bring yourself in humility. You're not going to please them. You know why? Because they're nasty like Nabal. And what they've got is a stinking heart that needs to either be born again or get clean because sin has overrun their life and they're either lost on their way to hell or they are desperately out of the will of God and they have allowed the root of bitterness to swell up in their life to where you can't please them no matter what you do. Oh, I hope y'all are hearing me tonight. In a minute, I probably won't have time. If I do, I'll give you uh, what do you do if you're David and you're dealing with somebody like that. But right now, I'm preaching to us that we don't act like somebody like that. Don't get offended. You say, preacher, I can see some of that in me. Praise God that you've got enough wisdom and discernment to see fault in your life and give it to him and let God work it out in your life. You know who can't see something like that in them? All the nasty Nabals. People who want to live for God, they're like, he's talking about me. Nabal's like, I don't know who he's talking about. That'd be a good place to amen. <laughs> Are y'all still with me tonight? Now look in verse 10. 
We'll just read verse 9. And when David's young men came, uh, they spake to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and ceased. They, they gave their whole spill to Nabal. Verse 10, And Nabal answered David's servants and it said, Who is David? Now that would be a legitimate question if he was legitimately asking the question. But by the next statement that he makes, we realize that Nabal is not asking a question that he's looking for an answer to. Nabal is a smart aleck asking a question to, to bring down David. He knows who David is. Look in verse 10. And Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Well, if you don't know who David is, then what in the world are you doing talking about this? He knows that David has broke away from Saul. And he even calls him, who is the son of Jesse? He knows who he is. Here's the, here's the third uh, nasty characteristic of Nabal. He's critical. Uh... We all have a little criticism in us, but Nabal is critical about things he has no idea what he's talking about. Nabal wasn't there when God sent Samuel to put the anointing oil on David. Help me right there. Nabal wasn't there when David could have killed Saul and he wouldn't kill Saul because he wasn't going to touch God's anointed. Nabal wasn't there when David and Jonathan, Saul's son, made a vow together that they were going to serve God and they were going to love one another with a holy friendship and they were going to defend one. Nabal wasn't there, but I tell you, he's got a lot to say about stuff he knows nothing about and Nabal's always have a lot to say about stuff that they know nothing about but I'll tell you if anybody asks me I'll tell you what I think about the whole matter <laughs> nobody asks you Nabal but I tell you I just, I just think they should have done it that way and you don't know because you ain't them Oh, help me now. Every Christian deals with this problem at some point in some way in their life. But if this is what you're known for, God help us tonight to get our hearts right. We, 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 we are turning. If this is who we are and we're claiming Christ, if this is who we are and we're boasting in our church membership, we are turning people who need God away from God because we are critical of things we know nothing about. Best thing you and I can do is keep our mouth shut and, 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 and not talk about stuff we don't know what we're talking about. Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? I heard nowadays, and notice how he talks. Nowadays, who is the son? There be many servants nowadays. Oh, he's just a redneck fellow, ain't he? Just redneck farm boy. Oh, you better watch them redneck farm boys that you think so great and wonderful that some of them are some of the most critical there are. Them good old boys. Them tailgate sitting boys who, who just wants to have a good time. You let them get to talking and they'll talk to you about stuff they don't know all night long. Is anybody hearing me tonight? 
I'm talking about them boys that we all love. Man, they're just good boys. They're just, they just, they just good boys. Just God-fearing, mama-loving boys. Yeah, they got big mouths about a mile long. And they'll run down everything holy in town. They'll run down everything godly in town. They'll run down everything worthwhile in town. They are nasty neighbors. And they're critical. And the girls who love them. But we're not just going to make fun of the, of the, of the redneck farm boy. Nowadays, the, the, the rich folk, the poor folk, the, 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 uh, the city folk, the country people, all kinds of people can be like Nabal. Talking about stuff they don't know what they're talking about. Critical. Sometimes just being quiet is the best thing men you can do. Nabal's got a seat. <laughs> oh boy, I better be careful now because I'm preaching in my town where I live. Nabal's got a seat at the McDonald's and the Hardee's in the morning. And everybody can't wait till Nabal comes in and tells of his wisdom that he has earned in his life. <laughs> Nabal sits around and talks at the local hardware store about stuff he don't know what he's talking about. Oh, is anybody hearing me tonight? Hey, I, got, I like the McDonald's and the hardware store, but you know what I'm talking about. I say, well, I heard David. I heard David broke away from Saul, and he's a rebel, and I, I'd be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't help him. They don't even know that, that God has took his hand off of Saul and, and, is, and is going to judge Saul and God's put his hand on David and is going to anoint David and bring David up and, 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 and stuff comes back around on Nabal. I got to move on. I'm meddling now, ain't I? I'll tell you something else about Nabal. Look in verse 10. And Nabal answered David's servant and said, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away from every man from his master. I can see, I can see Nabal down at the barber shop. We, we don't have a whole lot of that here, uh, but, 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 but back where I come from, that's the place you, you go if you want to talk about folks at the barber shop. And boy, you could, if the walls could talk at the barber shop where I come from. All the Nabals in town go there to spill out their wisdom. I'm not talking about old men with wisdom. I'm talking about old men with mouths. <laughs> I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about godly people that you need to listen to. I'm talking about ungodly people who don't know what they're talking about. And let me ask you a question. Who talks to people like that? I mean, David, his servants... What have they done to Nabal? Oh, who, who is David, young man? Son, who is David? And Jesse, I heard there's many servants nowadays break away from his master. I ain't helping y'all at all. Who are you that you think that you can just spill out of your mouth what comes to your nonsensical brain? Some people are dumb, but you don't know it because they won't talk. God help the man who's dumb and lets everybody know every time he opens up. Huh. Who 
talks to people like that. Nabal. Have you ever talked to somebody and then you're like, man, that was rude. And then God makes you go apologize to people. They're like, I didn't think that was rude. Maybe they're lying to you and they don't want to hurt your feelings. But you're like, man, I just, I just didn't want you to. That's, you know why I hate texting? Because texting is hard. I'll text something and I'll think, no, that sounds bad. That sounds like I'm being mean. I need to put a smiley face, a thumbs up emoji, and, and a backwards cartwheel so they know everything's good. Huh? My wife, I'll text her something, she'll say, okay, I'll be, is everything all right? I mean, give me a kissy face or something, you know. Who talks to people like that? How come the same Holy Ghost that makes you go apologize to people when you're rude to them? Now, I ain't ever going to hunt that person down and, and, and apologize for pulling it out in front of them because I don't know who they are. But I mean people who I know who they are and God makes me apologize. How, how, how come the same Holy Ghost that makes me do that don't make Nabal do that? Either Nabal don't know him or Nabal don't listen to him. I, I'm moving on. I, I, I don't know how long I've been preaching. It's 8 09. I'm nearly done. Look in verse 11. Shall I then take my bread? He said, Now, every, uh, every servants nowadays break, break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I've killed for my shearers? And give it unto men whom I know not whence they be. Oh, David's, or Nabal sure is, talks about himself. Did you hear how many? I, my, I, my, I, my. I was listening to Fox News yesterday and the White House press secretary. I was listening, I don't know why. It makes me want to punch my radio. But I was listening and the White House press secretary got hung up on a word, clearly. The president's been clear. I've been clear. Everybody's been clear. Everything's clear. We've clearly told you. Everything, we clearly, I thought, my goodness, how many times can this woman say that in, 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 one, in, in one press conference? Clearly, clear, clear, clear. Sound like Nabal. Ah, 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 my, 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 ah, ah, ah. Get a new word, Nabal. Uh, I listen to my, this is just a nugget for you preacher. I listen to myself preach. Somebody said, boy, you must really think highly of yourself, listen to yourself preach. No, I want to be better at it, and I want to listen, make sure I don't say something dumb all the time. And sometimes I say dumb stuff, and, and I'm like, oh, God, help me. I don't want to ever say something stupid like that again. Mark that one down. You don't know if you don't listen. But Nabal thinks what he's got to say is so good and valuable. All about him. He said, I'm not going to help you with anything. Here's the, here's, the, here's the fourth characteristic of Nabal. He's selfish. It's not going to be said of Nabal that he lowered himself to help anybody do anything. I need to quit preaching now.
sometimes we all get a little selfish. Sometimes the phone rings and we're like, oh, what do they want? Oh, y'all can smile at me. But if it comes time for help and can't nobody ever hunt you down? How, how come you won't help anybody with anything at any time? It is a burden in your life, a drag on your life. How about this? How come you only help people who you think is going to get you somewhere, but you don't help people who you think is beneath you? Everybody wants to help the preacher. Oh, you're going to help the preacher. Can I do anything to help you? Yeah, yeah, help that little fellow over there who don't nobody know. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you don't want to help. You, you, want, you, want, you, want, you want to impress the preacher. Oh, God help me. I'm sorry. That's just, I just really want to serve the Lord. All right, here's your job. Oh, I don't want to do that. I thought you wanted to serve the Lord. I want to serve the, I want to serve the Lord. I just want to serve the Lord. Here, get this broom and go sweep that bathroom. <laughs> Not Nabal. Not Nabal. Get this vacuum cleaner and see how well you can push it around. You ever run a weed eater? Picked up a pine cone? Not Nabal. Now he'll serve on the board, uh, the committee, down at the local synagogue uh, where he makes decisions, but don't put no broom in his hand. Who is David? I'm not giving anything I got to David. Oh, I hope y'all are hearing me tonight. He's selfish. Let's give the fifth one. If we only got six, let's give the fifth one, verse 15. One of the servants hears all of this and he realizes that David is irate and now David is going to come kill Nabal. I'll tell you something I wrote down about Nabal, two things. Nabal brings out the worst in others. David... David is not a squeaky clean person throughout his life, but David's a pretty good going, easy going fellow with a lot of grace. And David is ready to kill Nabal. Nabal brings out the worst in others. Do you bring out the worst? Do you bring out the worst in pe- the, the worst in people? Make them fighting mad, ready to go kill somebody, just because they've been with you for twenty five minutes. Everybody in here sitting here saying, Boy, I hope so and so's listening. Nobody probably said, He's talking to me. God help us. I'm talking to you and me. Nabal brings out the worst in people. David's ready to kill him. His, his, Nabal's servants gets word of this and, 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 and he goes and he tells Abigail, You've got to do something with this man you married. He's about to get all of us killed. David is mad. And David came and was nice. And now Nabal has run his mouth. You know how he does. You know how he does. How come everybody has to explain how you do? That's the other thing I wrote down. Nabal brings out the worst in people. And people around Nabal has to explain Nabal to everybody else. Y'all just don't let, that's just my husband. That's just how he is. Oh, don't know. That's just my wife. She's just rude like that. 
That's just my kid. That's just how they are. How come everybody's got to explain your poor character? The servant goes to Abigail, verse 14. But one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Behold, David sent messengers out of the wilderness to salute our master, and he railed on them. But the men were very good unto us, and we were not hurt, neither missed we anything as long as we were conversant with them when we were in the fields. They were a wall unto us both by night and day, all the while we were with them keeping the sheep. Now therefore know and consider what, wilt, what thou wilt do, for evil is determined against our master and against all his household, for he is such a son of Belial. That Belial is such a son of wickedness that a man cannot speak to him. Here's the sixth characteristic. He's unreasonable. The servant said to Abigail, would you please go talk to your husband? Would you please go fix this situation? Because we know that he is so wicked that nobody can talk to him. Isn't that a statement? When you think about wickedness, and I'm nearly done preaching tonight, but when you think about wickedness, you, you, you think somebody with a, 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 you know, a, an arsonist, a murderer, uh, somebody strung out on, on meth. You think, Boy, they're living a wicked lifestyle. Oh, they're so wicked. They're, 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 they're constantly drunk. Oh, they're so wicked. They're, they're, they're living in the dirt floor poor because of sin and, and the transgression of sin. And I'm not going to deny that methamphetamines is wicked. It, is, it, it murders. It takes life. That, that alcoholism is, is a terrible and drunkenness is a horrible sin. That's what we think of when we think of wickedness. Here's what this man's servant said about him. He's so wicked that you can't talk to him. Now, if that's a description of wickedness, I know a lot of wicked people. And they don't have a crack pipe. They've never been in jail. But you can't talk to them. He's so wicked that no man can speak of him. Some of you ladies, your husband can't ever talk to you about matters because you're going to fly off the handle every time and he knows it. Some of you men, your wife cannot speak to you about matters because anytime she brings anything up, you're going to get mad and fly off the handle. Some of you young people, I'm nearly done preaching, but your mom and dad, they, they know they've got to deal with you, but they'd rather not because every time they do, nobody can speak to you. Why is it that nobody can speak to you? Why is it that God's people cannot humble themselves and take the reproach and take the correction and not argue and not say, but, 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 but say, you know what? I need to hear that. Thank you. Nobody can, he's unreasonable. Here's the last one I'm done, verse 25. It's, it's, this is it. Abigail comes to David. There's a great message in here on, on Abigail. Maybe sometime in the future I'll preach it. But Abigail comes to David and said, Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. 
Nabal is his name and folly is with him. As his name is, so is he. She said his name means a fool. The Holy Ghost let her write this, let this be penned. And he lives up to his name. A fool. Here's what I read about a fool. The Bible said a fool has said in his heart there is no God. But obviously a fool has said more than that. A fool has acted like Nabal. It is a description of nasty Nabal. There may be more in there. I could probably read to you and show you where he goes and throws a big party, gets drunk. His wife don't say anything about any of this until he sobers up and he dies. God kills him. Here's what I would say to you. If you, if you, if you, if you have to deal with somebody like Nabal, Abigail saved David's life and David's kingdom because David was going to kill him and he was going to have that reproach on his ministry before it ever even got started that he took a man's life. And Abigail kept Nabal from doing or kept David from doing that and really saved his, 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 his kingdom, his ministry. Don't take matters into your own hands and try to fix it. You put them in God's hands and you be what you're supposed to be. You be Abigail. If you live with somebody, if you work with somebody, if you deal with somebody, you be Abigail and let Nabal do what he's going to do. Don't, don't let Nabal make the worst in you come out. Then you're no better than Nabal. Thank God Abigail stopped David from acting like Nabal. And if you're sitting in here tonight and some of these characteristics have rubbed you the wrong way, if you're sitting in here tonight and some of these characteristics, the Holy Ghost has put his finger on something in your life and said, why are, is that in your life? Then respond to God. Let God get that out of your life. And if tomorrow you wake up and got to do it all over again, do it all over again, respond to God, repent of it, tell God you're sorry, and apologize to other people as well. won't hurt you. It won't hurt you five minutes later to go back in, come on to the piano, to go back into the bedroom and say, you know what, that was rude, I'm sorry. It won't hurt you to go to your children and say, you know what, I snapped at you. I'm, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have snapped at you. Don't be a nasty neighbor. God has saved you. Maybe you're not saved or not. Maybe you need to be saved. But if God saved you, let him change you and don't make excuse for your nastiness. That's pretty good preaching. If I have to say so myself, I'm under conviction tonight. And I think that's right. Let's stand all over the building. She's going to sing. Thank God for the word of God tonight. If there's something you need to pray about, why don't you take time and do that this evening?